0: Hello and welcome to What Are You Reading? You know, one of my favorite aspects of that very question that we like to talk about is when you think about it, it's a whole multitude of questions inside that one sentence. Not only are you asking what are you reading, but you're asking what are you thinking about? What ideas are you exploring today? What lands are you exploring? Who are you empathizing with today? I'm Tim Rhodes, international media producer here living in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: And I'm Ian North, a uh, Youth and Children's Ministry Director for Open Table Community here in uh, Brookhaven, Georgia.
0: And uh, we want to quickly introduce our guest as well so she can be involved in the discussion. Aline Mello, a co-worker of mine, uh, who's a writer, editor, immigrant, and all-around awesome uh, person to talk with. So we're really excited to have her on. Hey, Aline.
2: Hi, I'm glad I'm here. Thank you guys for inviting me.
0: Oh, anytime. This is great.
2: Yeah, so Tim and I used to have a reading
1: group called the Artist Table, and um, it was like a big party, and we would have people go out and find different readings that they liked around a theme or an author, and then we would meet in Tim's living room, and have a, have a meal together, and then read stuff we liked, and um, mm-hmm. sort of at the tail end of that, it, it was kind of losing steam, I remember, and then mm-hmm. Tim kept saying, "I've got this, got this friend." An inviter, <laughs> she's gonna make this thing alive again. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure, yeah. it back. did not survive, <laughs>
2: it did die. Yeah, that's the <laughs> end of the story.
1: So, no, no but when uh, Alini, when you came into the group, you just <laughs> added, added a lot of insight and perspective. Uh, I've really been thankful for that uh, over time, uh, having conversations with you, and then uh, as the recent. The political climate has kind of shifted, particularly mm-hmm. around immigration. And mm-hmm. you are an immigrant, a yeah. really good communicator, and an immigrant. So I feel like it's been it's been uh, heartening to hear from you, um, and I've been enlightened by some of the things uh, you've said or written, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during this political season. And uh, we're just looking forward to a conversation about books.
0: Definitely, today, so. definitely. I must add real quick, it took a lot of, of uh, it took a long time for me to invite, because that nervousness of like, she's like, co should I invite, it's just going to be weird yeah. inviting to a book club. Do you want to, do you want to
2: um, <laughs> say the question I asked you when you invited me?
0: I, oh no, hang on. I don't remember it. Okay. I mean, you, if you say it, I'll probably it. made you it, really but... uncomfortable. Oh no. Because
2: I was like, <laughs> am I going to be the only person of color in your book club? Oh. And you were very, uncomfortable. you were like, yes, yes.
0: Well, it's just... It, it was, it varied, you know, like it, it kind of depended on the day. You know, sometimes we'd have our uh, our friends, yeah. That was David. your answer where you were yeah, like, but, like oh. but
2: we have this one guy, maybe we'll come to.
0: And uh, Matt, you so know, he's you after know, making Rican. you
2: squirm enough, I was like, I should go to this, I should try it out. And it was, I mean, it was really great to just see people who were that engaged um, in things that I was engaged in and that don't necessarily kind of need to, you know. Like a lot of times, I'm engaged yeah. in immigrant stuff because I am an immigrant. You know, I kind of need to, but you guys don't. I ha- don't necessarily have to. When you look at it in a very practical sense, but mm. um, that was refreshing, and it's still refreshing to see that you guys are still engaged and not, you know, burned out like everyone else seems <laughs> to be getting. I'm like, um, yeah, take a break, but come back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, come back. Um, so yeah.
0: Awesome yeah, I'm glad you remember that because that did that it was kind of like and it's because it's something I knew like and I think even I even talked about like it's one of those things like we don't want to like force you know having different people of color, but it's something that, uh, it's a natural yeah. desire of ours like we want to include everybody and we think uh, uh different voices it makes yeah. for a better it's conversation always awkward, you know yeah
2: it's like wanted ads you know Yeah, like, exactly <laughs> <the> color come join us.
0: Because yeah, I remember, because exactly. I remember, you know, like, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, maybe David will come this week. You know, <laughs> maybe Matt. Like, like, hopefully, I don't know. It's just like fingers crossed. Yeah. We won't look like just the, you know, just the this like white girl, I don't know. So no, but the, it's it's funny you mentioned because we were definitely like it was on our minds a lot. Like, mm-hmm. how do we include people without forcing it or without making it seem like we're trying to like be diverse? if We want to be. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, but. I'm glad you decided to come anyways. And, Success
2: story. And yeah. I just knew. I was like, you know,
1: you know, it,
0: it I don't know. I think you fit. I don't know.
1: It was interesting. It was a bit like what's happened. Some on this podcast is mm-hmm. like we ended, we intended to gather just around books. Like the, the the topic was literature. But you're dealing with empathy. You're dealing with thoughts and ideas being worked out in story. Mm-hmm. And you end up talking about politics. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, and then recently, like as we were telling one of Tim's friends about this, um, about this podcast, and he was like, "So you guys just you know talk to anyone who's interesting with any kind of ideas. It's all all on the table." And uh, I thought, well, we tend to end up with like with a position of empathy and a mm-hmm. community focus. Yeah. And unfortunately, like in the political climate currently, that makes us seem kind of liberal or left wing. (laughs) It didn't used to be exclusive or maybe I don't know. But Yeah.
2: Liberals now own empathy and (laughs) (laughs) what is it (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. What do you think is what do you think it is about about being a being a reader and thinker in this time that that sort of drives us to political issues so commonly in conversations?
2: Um, from my perspective, and I've said this before, I don't really get to choose what is political and what isn't. Yeah, isn't. It's been chosen for me. So um, since immigration reform is such a, a partisan thing and it's such this huge, complicated thing, um, suddenly I'm I'm political just yeah. mm-hmm. for being an immigrant. Yeah you know, and then being a woman, okay, Mm -hmm. well, you know, what kind of rights am I allowed to have as a woman, (laughs) you know? And then, and then the intersection of those, being an immigrant woman. Um, So there's just, there are a lot of parts of me and really foundational parts of me that have been politicized for me. Uh So um, whenever I, if I have, sometimes I have some random opinion, when certain people look at me, they say, oh, well, as a Latina female immigrant person, that's what you think. Um, yeah. And suddenly that's a political I, yeah. you know, opinion I had. So yeah. for <laughs> me, it's kind of hard for me to separate what's political and what isn't, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I think recently people have maybe realized that more, yeah. um, that things that maybe they didn't think were political have become political like I'm going to drive my kids to school and then I'm going to think are they going to have lunch are they not you know like suddenly those things are are up for debate you know and 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 suddenly those things are up for debate in a very political sense in a very partisan sense so I think I think that's what happened just um and reading and literature have just kind of gotten taken into that wave of wait a minute (laughs)
1: life
2: is pretty political if we think about it
1: yeah Mm And Marilyn Robinson said something like, forgive me if I sound political, but like politics is our shared life. So I'm going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And I think there's something in there's something in literature that gets us into other people's stories or mm-hmm. it, it has this power to reach into sort of arenas that are unexamined when we live within our own yeah. shell that's really valuable. Mm-hmm. Are there any books, like, in, you know, in a, in a heated political climate where, as an immigrant, you're sort of feeling this pressure, are there any books that have, like, brought you some comfort, encouragement, or uh, do you read anything it's... to get away from it?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? So I bought, like, Between the World and Me by mm-hmm. Ta-Nehisi Coates, and, and I have um, this book called um, Femini- Feminista, or no, Mujerista Theology by Ada Maria Isasi Diaz. Um, which, and then, which for me, like I, when it comes to like, so my faith as well has been kind of brought into question when Mm -hmm. it comes to political, political things, because, um, I don't, I, I don't support the current administration and, you know, he won because of a, of a lot of evangelical, um, voters and I had associated myself with evangelical Christianity my whole life. And then suddenly I had to start questioning, um am I even a part of this? But then first of all, do has, have they ever seen me as a part of them or was I just someone they were trying to help or something? Mm-hmm. So it was just a lot of questions kind of brought into mind. And one of them, um, a very foundational one is, is God on my side? Yeah. Or is God on the oppressor side, you know? Yeah. So, and I know that that, you know, for, for some people it's like, obviously he's not on the oppressor side, you know, like, but, but a lot of times what we've been taught in church um, is, you know, you respect the authority and the God has put those authority there. And and just these things where um has these these certain people in power that have directly harmed my family and me.
1: Yeah.
2: And and I have to believe that God wanted that, you know, like so. So it's just I'm trying hmm. to have to ask these questions and come up with an honest answer. Um, so I've instead of just reading the same old things that have been, you know, the same old theology by the same white men. <laughs> i've been trying to look for for different answers um because i don't i don't quit easily um and if i were to ever even come close to quitting christianity i would have to have done all the research yeah um so right now just trying to take in other voices so that's why i got that book but i haven't gotten that far because I just want to watch Parks and Recreation and read Harry Potter, you know? <laughs> like, so it's just, it's been kind of hard to read to, to read either one of those two books. And I also got Rob Bell's What is the Bible? Yeah. Because that's another, that's another person that's been like shunned by the evangelical yeah. community. So I'm like, huh, if, if you know, like if you like Trump and you hate Rob Bell, <laughs> so maybe i need to start looking at the people that you don't like yeah um so i started reading that and in one of the first chapters he talks about like god is on the side of the slaves in egypt you know like yeah Yeah. like so so that was refreshing to to even see someone knowing that it's important to even say that Mm -hmm. but then i've I've really been drawn to poems recently Mm -hmm. um i feel i feel like poetry gives uh permission to not be settled and to not be to not have uh prescriptive truth like it's there there are enough meanings and enough interpretations that um you can you can change your mind and you can you can read it and not have to have a definitive stand on anything yeah and Denez smith is kind of the kind of poet i'm drawn to right now he is um pretty intense I, I love hearing him say like read his poetry out loud um very i feel like there's some people with the political climate some people have just you know stopped re- stopped writing and and gone into deep depression and then and then other <laughs> <It's tempting>. people <laughs> and then other people have like it's like they they have a fire in them now and they're writing everything that they haven't written and i'm sadly part of the first camp but there are very refreshing New stuff coming out of of um, these poets and these writers that have really helped me.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say as a writer too. Like my writing has changed characteristically. Um, the things I used to write, I was a lot more concerned with like being creative in terms of uh, form and style, mm-hmm. and um, and I would noodle around a lot in my writing and. Yeah. When I sit down to write now, I also have two kids, so it's like my time has limited. But I have, like, I sit down and I want to communicate. Like, I'm just about communicating the thought and yeah. getting it as clearly and in yeah. as potent a form as mm-hmm. I can. And a lot of the extra stuff in writing has been less important.
2: Yeah. I, I like that word you said, potent. I think, yeah. I mean, I've been drawn to poetry and I've been drawn to try to write poetry, which, to be honest... um I've always been really good at fiction, just naturally. I don't want to like, you know, oh, well, I'm really good at this, but I am. Like, it's just something I've yeah. I've been good at for a long time. So that's what I've always done, too. So, you know, because I've always done it, I've gotten better at it. And then now trying poetry, I feel like I'm in eighth grade again, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is so hard. But there's just something, I think, in poetry that that is kind of it's kind of like if you were to dilute, you know, like and to maybe boil down and get to that base of the sauce and then like that's poetry to me where every word is essential um and everything is is more potent where if you put that same idea into a story you know it's it's more it's 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 spread out it's it's almost like it's it's not weaker you know and i don't want to i mean fiction is my BFF, you know, yeah. like I don't <laughs> want to talk, talk about fiction or storytelling. Fiction's coming for but, you, Pete yeah. <laughs> but, but there is something um, more direct about poetry, or I don't think it's direct. I think the word is maybe potent about poetry that, that I don't see in mm-hmm. fiction as much.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think my understanding of it has changed too. I've been reading Borges lately, um, hmm. and my understanding of it has sort of shifted to like, as a younger reader, I was thinking poetry is the fanciest kind of writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what did in my head. But I think I agree with you that it's like it's condensed. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's condensed and it also like because it's not as fully fleshed out or diffused, mm-hmm. I guess, would be another word, but mm-hmm. like because of that, it has a way of like kinda noodling into the way you think. Yeah. A little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it can weave itself in there. Um, well yeah. we're we're at the at the end of our talk today. We're excited because we you've agreed to read one of your poems. So we're yeah. looking forward to that. But uh, if if people want to read some of the things you've written, is there a place they can go to find those?
2: No. No, okay. <laughs> I mean I've you know I've, okay. I've started and ended blogs, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Um I just I I actually started a blog during the election season. So or during the campaign. Because I wanted there to be um, a more human vision of immigrants, um, mm-hmm. which I think... That's one of my biggest goals in life, is just to make sure there are more immigrant stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, usually you see like two or three, right? So the the tropes of uh, my parents are field workers and i'm struggling in school or this is my life before crossing the border this is my life after and very family-centric very there's just this this sort of you can tell you know like oh yeah here it is i know this guy he's an immigrant you know like yeah Yeah. yeah. Um, generic maybe (laughs) yeah like and, and i i think um majority culture has the the privilege of having so many stories that then they can be seen as individuals.
0: And we don't.
2: So I think part of the struggle is, is putting out as many stories stories as possible so that we're allowed to be individuals in people's minds. And, um, so I was trying to do that with this blog I started with just like not even posting about immigration, but posting about just like different thoughts and different just like, Hey, dating apps, yeah, they're weird. Right. You know, like, yeah. and then be yeah, like, yeah. hey, don't you think they're weird, too? I'm an immigrant and you're not. Oh, my gosh, we have something in common.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but then when the election happened, I was completely. Just I just felt so betrayed. Yeah. And then I just kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, so I, I do a lot of writing of really long pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, I am getting something published in St. Catherine Review next month Um, but that yeah so I mean there's no I kind of it's almost like there's a part of me that just wants to like keep my stories and my stuff to myself to be honest because it's like I wonder how much change it'll cause and I wonder how if people even deserve them
1: yeah. Not yeah. because
2: they're they're like super great or valuable, but because they're mine. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like so much has already been taken from me. Yeah. And if I can keep my stories and my my writing, then maybe I will. Yeah. Because yeah. I can.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> man. It's a powerful thought. Yeah. Well, I've not the way to become a writer, though. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this (laughs) out of spite you know and it's like uh, what's your what's your long term (laughs) I don't know if that's
0: a financially viable plan (laughs) Alibi maybe for families in the future or your future generation yeah'll'll be, I'll be uncover... published like
2: after I'm dead yeah, yeah. It's like a lady
0: left this treasure trove <laughs> yes. of, of stuff she just didn't want to show anybody yeah she's like the
1: and then, yeah. And yeah, exactly. yeah she's like Tim burn it my, all and Tim's like uh-uh. my descent my descendants.
2: Just, hey guys <laughs> hey
0: what are you reading podcast people just burn it when I die I'm like, oh,
2: no. <laughs> I'll tell you guys where I'm keeping them Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the vault.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, uh,
1: after that, yeah, I feel bad asking this. But I know. Where do you? I really want. To hear some of your work,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll read. yeah. I'll read it. We were planning on ending, but I feel like um, this is this a good is a <laughs> appropriate time, safe <laughs> space. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, with I mean, it's in just, this room, just the three of us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We swear not to <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, anybody don't, about your poem. Don't, <laughs> we're gonna keep everyone it everyone, stop under listening right now. <laughs> just skip ahead,
0: uh, 30 <laughs> yes. ish seconds a minute, and uh, starting right now, just skip ahead.
2: So, like I said, um, poetry is not what I do, um, but it, there is this sort of feeling too where, um, I don't know, like. Sometimes, when I fail really badly at something, and I, and you know, this is really weird wording because I didn't fail at the elections, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But once I feel, when I feel like pretty put down sometimes, I just kind of um, become really carefree. <laughs> so then I'm like, you know what? If I want to write poetry, I will. Who's going to tell me some like white male editor somewhere, <laughs> you know, yeah. like who decides yeah. what poetry is good and what isn't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one, yes, right. <laughs> but, but, but there is this part well. of me that just, <laughs> you know like it's like just whatever I want to write I'm going to write um, yeah. but I do you know I do want to make it good so <laughs> so this is one of the most finished poems I have um, I'm still working on it I just want to make it as good as possible and just go word per word and see if that is is that the best word um, which I think is like this meticulous sort of fun part of writing poetry mm. but <sighs> That being said, I'll read it. This one's called ESL. If you're reading this in English, it already means we're far away from each other. Or maybe we're far away together because English is the only language I write in. But sometimes my thoughts pop out in Portuguese like from a suitcase that came with me. English fills my mouth with its hard edges, cutting so it fits better. Can two languages live inside one person without bumping into each other? Does one spread its legs, arms stretched like wings, forcing the other to pull its skin closer to its bones? Does that one become malnourished? The first time I dreamt in English, I was happy, a sign I'd been waiting for. I'm sorry, yo no sabía. Sometimes even my chios and primos speak English in my dreams. English taking jobs. English filling the rooms my grandparents should live in.
1: Well, you can't, you can't see in the studio because yeah. we're recording this audio. But uh, that's really powerful. Yeah. It's powerful to hear. And I'm grateful that you read it aloud. Yeah. And I have a hard time looking at you because of the power of what you're reading. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't
2: make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> so <I'm not> <laughs> Look away. Someone cutting onions in this bookstore. Uh, I cried when I wrote that poem. Yeah. Man.
0: You can tell.
1: It's emotionally written. Thank
0: you for sharing. I hope that we didn't pressure you too much. (laughs) (laughs) We were really excited to have you read something. That was amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, anything else you've been reading that you want to tell us about? Um,
2: no. I mean, honestly, poems, um... I try to read as many things by people of color as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a lot of rewatching Parks and Recreation. <laughs> 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 so.
1: Well, something something we've done in the past on uh, this podcast with our guests, we just do it from time to time. But a bonus question. Mm. We, we finish with a bonus question. Okay. That is That we haven't warned you about, <laughs> and that in some cases, like this one, we just thought of it right right as the conversation was going along. Okay, You so, guys
2: both thought it at the same time? No,
1: I just thought... Uh, well, we are telekinetically connected. <laughs> no, but, <okay>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Again, that's another that.
1: thing we don't want the world to know. So. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, there's a lot we're giving away <laughs> this episode. It's <laughs> coming out here. Um, here's your bonus question today, mm-hmm. Alini. If you were to pull together a panel of three writers and yourself. So there are four writers on this panel, Mm -hmm. and you're addressing whatever topic you choose. Who are the writers, and what's the topic?
2: Do they have to be alive?
1: No. Well, I mean, you could tie them (laughs) to a chair, I guess. I don't know. Whatever's left of them. No, they don't have to be alive. Yeah. Go ahead. Have fun with it.
2: Uh, I don't know. Um... Of course, I think about my favorite ones, but then I'm like, well, do we want this to be, like, a really robust conversation, though? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I just need a bunch of yeses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I would get um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Because I think he has a very interesting way of thinking just by reading his writing. And not being... You know he didn't grow up in the us like he didn't even live here <laughs> you yeah. know like yeah. so so just having a completely foreign literally um foreign voice would be good mm-hmm. um uh i want someone old older than him mm. um dumbledore
0: right <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> he wasn't a writer <laughs>
2: um but, but Dumbledore would be great. You yeah. know he was a writer. Oh yeah. He gave well, me, he gave me that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Buried under Hogwarts, you know.
2: Um I really like um Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, So mm-hmm. I think I'd invite her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think I would invite Dana Smith or Yosima Reyes just because I think we need some sort of diversity and um sexual orientation mm-hmm. um, so i'm gonna count those two names as one okay um i <sighs> i don't know so this is the thing like with latina like i really want a latina writer in there but um they're so hard <laughs> to come by who are like and I say Latina like, you know, there's Isabel Allende and she she wasn't like she wasn't like raised here. You know, like there is just I, I want to find like an immigrant Latina writer yeah. so that I can say, oh, look, you know, yeah. like I yep. can do that, too. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think I would invite maybe Julia Alvarez. OK, so that's what for. Um, Zadie Smith. Oh, yeah. I love her short stories. Mm -hmm. I haven't read any of her books yet, but I think she's doing it right.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed White Teeth, I thought. I remember, actually, that was one of the first books that kind of like, in my adult reading life, I read White Teeth with a couple of other books, and I was like, I should be reading more. They can Mm. do a lot of things I didn't know they could (laughs) do. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think those... those, And we would be talking about, um, like, life and writing... Okay. I feel like sometimes I feel like th- those two for me are really hard because I'm I, sometimes I try to like keep life outside of my writing because life can be um, can freeze me up because I'll be like really sad or really upset about something in my life so that I'm like let me compartmentalize that away so that I can actually write. but yeah. then I don't know if I can even write honestly if mm-hmm. I don't include my life <laughs> yeah. in it so and then I, I also think life is also um, so I I include. All these things into when I say life is um what is success you know like yeah. what is success in writing um I don't know is it having a really wide audience is it having one person read it and be like awesome after that like what is the book Lin-Manuel Miranda read you know like when he was six yeah. and mm-hmm. you know like or what was the movie he he watched you know like that that made him then go um and do what he what he does so I don't know I think I think i would want to ask those questions of why are we even writing it's so hard yeah um i don't even know the answer to that question like why am i even trying this mm-hmm. yeah um so i want to know what their answers are so i can maybe try and figure out my own yeah but
1: well i'd that's love great. to hear that conversation yeah if you you're not get... invited <laughs> if, you can... <laughs> if you can ever get marquez and all them together yes. just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me know. I'll be, I'll buy a ticket as as it's not too expensive. No.
0: Oh man, this is awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Alini. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Ian. Uh, thank you for listening. And as always, uh, check out our website, what are you reading and there you can find ways of, um, connecting with us through Facebook, Goodreads, Instagram, all the, all the fun stuff. Um, and let us know what you're reading and maybe we'll uh, start sharing those on the podcast and start getting, um, just a variety of different ideas of what uh what to what to add to our to our add to our summer reading list. Yeah. So uh, uh, please do that review, rate us on iTunes. Thank you so much for those of you who have already done that. It was uh, again, it was kind of mind blowing, and um and as always we have to thank Atlanta Vintage Books. Yeah. Uh, for letting us uh letting us um, set up in here. And do this every episode.
1: Yeah, and actually during this time while we're recording with Alini, they're watching my infant son. <laughs> the bookstore <laughs> is staff like, is watching dense. my infant son. Oh, so, yeah. But uh, if you come in here, if you hear this podcast, and then you come into the bookstore, uh, just let them know at the front desk as you're checking out that mm-hmm. Tim and Ian sent you. Mm-hmm. And they will give you 10% yeah. off of your purchase
0: yeah.
1: here. So, yeah. um, And we want to, that's, that's a amazing. way for us to let them know that we're bringing people in and yeah that
0: so. people are listening and they're yeah. interested and Ian I know we've always mentioned the 10% off but I keep forgetting to mention one other key thing that you'll get if you come to AVB and buy a book which is amazing Atlanta Vintage I don't know if anybody else is doing this or has come up with this idea but uh I know like if you guys are like me sometimes I'll be reading a book and I can't finish it in one sitting and I get really distressed because I don't know how I'm going to save my spot how am i gonna oh, remember no. yeah where i was reading and it's so frustrating but and you
1: can't fold the book page no. without oh, damaging it yeah
0: that'll that'll hurt the book so atlanta vintage has come up with this genius idea with every book purchase you also get wait for it a book mark where you can put into the book and you saved your spot and you can just set it down, and you can come back even a week later. But is
1: the book marked, then? No, no,
0: no. You don't mark the book itself. It's like a... That's a good... Man, that's a, that's a really good uh, question. I don't know why they changed it. <laughs> the it's basically just a little cardboard, like a large okay. business card. You stick it in, and you'll remember where you were reading. And uh, it's just kind of ingenious. And I don't yeah. know if they're going to like maybe copyright it or like have a patent on it, yeah. but... Um, it's been it's kind of revolutionized my reading
1: so when you come in say we sent you and demand your
0: bookmark say (laughs) i need a bookmark i'm reading don quixote right now i'm on page 500 i think i just can't remember so i need a bookmark very badly so all right well i guess that's it we're going to end with uh, a quote as always and this one is from the great uh, tom waits my reality needs imagination like a light bulb needs a socket my imagination needs reality like a blind man needs a cane thank you for listening